Welcome to Hello Easton PA. I'm your host, Mark Nutting. I'm the owner of Jiva Fitness, an author, business consultant, former actor, dancer, martial artist, superhero, musician, and I love to connect with others. This podcast is a way for me to share the stories of the people I meet in my adopted hometown of Easton, Pennsylvania. Hey, this is Mark Nutting, and welcome. Today, I'm going to be talking with Jeff Bartholomew. And speaking about Jeff's business, your solar guy. Hey, Jeff. How are you, Mark? Good, thanks. So, your solar guy, tell me about your business. I'm guessing, I don't know, something to do with solar energy? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, solar marketing company. So, I market for a number of different installers um, around the country and focus mostly here locally from Phillipsburg to Allentown, from Quakertown to Stroudsburg would be most of my focus. Okay. And um, we install mostly residential solar. So, uh, you know, the, the panels that you see on people's roofs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some, some commercial as well. Sure. So, so you said you're, you market for other companies. That's correct. Okay. So you're really, your job, uh, your solar guy is really a solar energy marketing company. Yeah. I would actually say it's an information sharing company. Okay. Uh, uh, so marketing, yes. But really the idea is to make sure people understand something about solar. Most people, if I yeah. ask them today, would say, oh, I don't know if solar even works. Yeah. Yeah. And most of the companies that install are contractors. Right. And electricians. So we're, the missing piece, you're, you were the missing piece, which is really um, answering all those questions. Exactly right. Okay, cool. How do you do that? Well, mostly one-on-one. -on -one. So not that much different than stopping over your studio today, stop at people's homes, yeah. get them informed, and put them in a position to make a wise decision for their family. Yeah. Um, most people think of solar as an investment when in fact it's really a bill swap on uh, a swapping of an electrical bill from let's say in your case med ed yeah to a solar bill where they're paying for their own asset over time right and paying less if they can't pay less tell them you can't pay less you don't have a good house for solar right yeah that's my job yeah um how do how do they find you well, you know, besides yeah. the fact that they'll be listening to the podcast. Yeah. Well, now a lot of people are going to find out. Right. Yeah, well, we hope. Well, uh, I've been in business a long time. Okay. In the energy business a long time, since yeah. 1999. Um, so I look at how to go to market really five ways. So there's people I know. Yep. That just say, hey, Jeff, I'm thinking about. Yeah. There's people they know. So that's the word of mouth piece of it. And that those two are the majority of my business. Yeah. The third would be social media. And this is an extension of that, right? Sure, yeah. Um, so I have a Facebook presence and I've done some email campaigns and those kinds of things and some messaging campaigns. Yeah. Um, and then networking. So you and right. I actually met through networking. Right. I wouldn't be sitting here today had I not gone to 
EBA, yeah. uh, Eastern Business Association. Let's right. put a plug in for them. Sure, yeah. Great organization. Yeah, you yeah. were actually a former president, I think. Right, yes. And I think I met you not long after you had started your fitness business, right? Right. I mean, I, it, I think it's been something like eight years we've known yeah. each other. How yeah. about that? Yeah. So networking is the fourth way. Yeah. And then um, some direct mail campaigns and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, the least of my business is that end. Sure. Let's let's take a moment and, you know, since we, we have the mics and uh, hopefully the audience, tell me, tell me about the most popular things in solar energy these days that, that people can expect from the people you c- contract with. Yeah, yeah. So um, if I walked into a home and met some folks and sat down with them, most of them, let's say a 2,500 square foot house. Mm-hmm. Well, in our area, look at Palmer Township, Bethlehem Township, um, for example, many, many of those houses are all, what they call all electric. They have electric heat, they have electric oh, yeah. air conditioning, yeah. electric stove, washer and dryer, everything electric. Mm-hmm. Their cost of energy, their cost of electricity to run a house like that might be three or four thousand dollars a year yeah their third or fourth largest bill in that house mm-hmm. most people don't even think about it. they think of the two 150 200 300 400 dollar bill and they just pay it right an all-electric house you walk in in the winter they might have an 800 dollar bill yeah yeah if an 800 dollar bill came on your desk Maybe. this week you'd go holy cow yeah, it opens your eyes a little bit yeah right in many cases, with the way in which the uh, subsidies work, um, we might be able to cut that bill by 30, 40, 50, 60 percent. What, what are the subsidies these days in well, Pennsylvania, particularly? Yeah. Do you mind if I touch on why the subsidies? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because most people think, oh, man, giveaway programs, all that's not it at all. Yeah. So um, let's take Metropolitan Edison, MedEd. MedEd. Med Ed. Now, over 100 years old, mm-hmm. and we're in the one of the older parts of Easton, actually. Yeah. Many of the cables and transformers and things that support this building, this block, yeah. this town, are 70, 80 years old mm-hmm. in high disrepair. MedEd will tell you that themselves, that they do not have the money to repair all the infrastructure. Mm. Across the country, it's trillions of dollars. Yeah. So the government can't let us not have electricity for long periods of time. We'd have literally anarchy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's a requirement to make sure electric is available. Okay. The cheapest way to provide that, both to the homeowner and take care of the government and the utility problem, is solar. Of what we know today. Right. What yeah. we're capable of doing today. Sure. So... That's the reason why the subsidies. Mm-hmm. Now, the subsidies are federal and state here in Easton, yeah, um, but no local or, or uh, county. Some of some areas, there's local and county subsidies as well. Yeah. So if we put solar on a house here, the federal government will give that homeowner 30% in the way of a, what's called a federal tax credit. As long as you have tax liability, 30% of that yeah. comes back to the homeowner. Yeah. So if the system was $50,000, 
they'd get $15,000 in tax credit. Right. They can take that over a five-year period. Yeah. The state also has a requirement, a responsibility, to make sure infrastructure runs here in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. So they'll provide another 30%, and that's as produced. So as electric is produced from the solar system, the state government provides funds. So if somebody's contemplating, you know, going solar and mm -hmm. or at least adding solar to their 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 house, um, how do they how do they know how to go about applying for these subsidies? Yeah, it's a good question. It can feel really complicated, right? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, anytime we're we're talking about the government and, and paperwork, it suddenly, yeah. you know, I, my blood pressure goes up. Yeah. So, so you know, I, I know that looking for that, I, I, is there a resource to that will guide me through this? It's a, it's a really great question. I become the source. My okay. So it is one of your services. Yeah. So as you get solar through my company and the installers. Yeah. Um, we'll file all of the uh, federal paperwork or show you how to file the federal paperwork. It's literally one um, uh, form that's added to your tax mm -hmm. uh, submission for the yeah. next year. The state will actually help you file that. Yeah. And then there's some incentives from my company as well yeah. that uh, are literally given to you. It's like someone can go solar and put a few thousand dollars in their pocket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so essentially, if I'm understanding this correctly, you're you're pretty much the one-stop shop. I, I like to think so. Yeah, yeah. You, you can teach them about it. You can arrange for for the it, the contractors to do their job, and you can help them through the whole uh, uh, government process. Yeah, getting all the and value some, they can out of yeah. it, right? Right. Yeah. Cool. That's my job. Get yep. all the value you can out of the system. That's great. And also tell you if it's not right for you. Yeah. And there's reasons why it's not right for some home. Sure. Yeah. Um, now, solar, you know, we certainly, as climate change, you know, uh, continues to happen, uh, I mean, solar is certainly one of the, the go-to, you know, for trying to do better, you know, uh, energy-wise. We're looking to solar, certainly. The But that hasn't been around, I mean, it's been around, but it's not been as mainstream for that long. So you've been in this career for, you said, 25 years in the energy business. Yeah, yeah right. So how did you, how did let's let's actually uh, at what point let me let me do this. At what point did you start your solar energy business? So uh, about 25 years ago into the energy business uh, mm -hmm. uh, 1999. Yeah. Wow, that seems like right. <laughs> a, a lifetime ago. Uh, yeah, for some it is, I guess. Right? Yeah. No, um, just yesterday for me. <laughs> so uh, about 2005, um, solar became a reality for mm -hmm. homes. Yeah. And so we started market solar at that time. And you, you must have been probably, I, I assume you were doing more than one. You were doing like more traditional as well as the solar, or, you, or did you swap over completely? Um, no, I didn't. I, I still haven't swapped over completely. I look at the business as an energy business. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the storage business as well. And we can touch on that later or not. Um, so the the objective of of my company is to help people get on informed on how to reduce their energy costs. Mm -hmm. Secondarily, for me, almost because the way the market is, is okay. And what impact does that have on the environment? Right. Okay. If I tried to 
share this with an, an environmental lead, I cut my market down to two or three percent of the people. Yeah, yeah. Because only two or three percent of the people actually care enough to to take some action, mm -hmm. other than maybe casual recycling or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. At least in my experience over... Well, you know, I think I think probably some of that, too, is people don't get it. Yeah. I mean, you know, just the idea, as you said, you know, people don't really understand solar energy, how that works, and how that would that work in my home. And I think probably people are think it's too much, too hard, too, you too know... Too expensive. All, too expensive, all those things, and just kind of write it off. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I think you're, you're right in that, you know, people... A lot of people do try to do the meager, you know, recycling things, mm -hmm. things like that. Which, which all of it makes a difference. Everything we yeah, do absolutely. makes a difference. But you know, to make that bigger jump to you know some real energy switches, uh, I think I think we're just l less informed, and it seems too daunting. Yeah. Uh, and or as you said, too expensive. Yeah. You know, and uh, you know, it'd be nice for people to get the reality of that. Yeah. So let's talk about you, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to get shy. Now you're going to get shy. Okay. <laughs> now. Okay. The uh, so you're a local guy. I am. Yeah. I'm. I'm actually a Ferry Street guy. I think we're a two two thirty ferry. Two thirty ferry. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm uh, uh, twelve and a half blocks. Uh, I'm sorry, thirteen and a half blocks up Ferry Street is where I was born. Oh, really? Yeah. Right on the other side of the water tank. Wow. Uh, so you were born here. Uh -huh. uh, I uh, read in your questionnaire that you said you graduated from Wilson High School. That's correct, yes. I'm yeah. a Wilson warrior. In uh, 77? That's correct. That makes you just a smidge younger than me. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Just, just, <laughs> you just, must just, be using better face cream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all about the face cream. Uh, the... Um, uh, so you you stayed here. You graduated high school. Yeah. What did you do right out of high school? So high school, I went down to Delaware Valley University uh, down in Doylestown, yeah. which was Delaware Valley College then. I uh, got a business degree. Yeah. And then I started traveling the world. Okay. So where in the world and why in the world? Uh, good question. So I went to uh, work for a computer company. Okay. And they stationed me in uh, Connecticut, mm. um, which seemed a world away. Yeah, I'm sure, you know. And um, I de they de helped me develop a spe specific expertise in manufacturing and distribution. Mm -hmm. um, so they sent me all over the world. Uh, my first assignment was in uh, San Sebastian, Spain. Oh, really? Really tough, <laughs> tough assignment. Not tough. Yeah, I'm joking, right. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the most beautiful places in the world that I've ever been. Yeah. The people, the... The beach. I lived in a hotel right across the from the beach. Worked nine to five with a two-hour siesta in the middle. Oh, sure. Yeah. Really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> the tough life. So I fell in love with it then. Yeah. And um, then all over Asia and uh, all over Europe. And and most of that was from work, or you've just been traveling work. to all work. Related. Yeah, I've traveled. I've traveled quite a bit as well, um, but uh, a lot of work travel. Yeah. And, and it was. It became from computers to business consulting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was fortunate. I mean, for a dyslexic kid that grew up on Ferry Street, yeah, what a trip! Yeah, good. That's yeah. great. That's really. What's your favorite place? Uh, one of them is definitely uh, San Sebastian, Spain. Yeah, uh, I really loved Greece. So mm -hmm. I think those um, uh, kind of ancient uh, 
mm-hmm. European. Yeah. Um, first time I ever went to Asia was Korea, and uh, so similar and so different. Yeah. Not one thing smelled the same. Not it didn't sound the same as right. what we were used to. Sure. So when you go to Spain, obviously most people speak Spanish. Yeah. Exclusively, and then back then in the eighties. Um, the younger people all spoke English, so it was familiar, sure. easy, yeah, yeah, easy to get around. I knew enough Spanish to, you know, two, three hundred words, something like that. Yeah. Um, when I got to Korea, nothing yeah. was familiar. No alphabet, the sounds, literally the smells of everything were different. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, so you fall in love with something like that if you're a curious kid like me. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think I got there in '95. Stayed about two years with some home trips, but um, incredible. Yeah. Incredible well, place. I think that's, that's cool that you started traveling young. Uh, yeah. I think I was, I think I was in my 30s before I, I went abroad for the first time. Wow. I uh, did a, a two-month gig in, in Munich at a health club there, wow. and that was my first trip overseas. Um, but, you know, I mean, my wife Heather was avid traveler, lived in Paris for yeah. five years. And, and so the kids have been to, you know, they both, we, the family's been over to France a number of times. But just recently, you know, we took, took, I took the boys to Japan, to Tokyo. Wow. And uh, my younger son's just like hooked. He's, he's so hooked on, he's been, he went back on his own um, to Tokyo. And still wants to go back. You know, he just loves Japan. So, but I think the traveling thing, it, I think it, it changes you and gives you such a different perspective. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. So that makes, you are a worldly person. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've talked to many folks that, um, where they had to go and live mm-hmm. and whether to take their family with them or not. Yeah. And I think the one thing that I found really common among children that are educated abroad mm-hmm. fantastic difference in the way they see the world sure yeah and just a visit helps a lot yeah. yeah but if somebody spends a year or two in in school in tokyo yeah. wow i mean just i'll give you the biggest example for me i had never seen a map in my entire life without north and south america in the center of the map oh sure yeah in Asia, North America and South America are not in the center of the map. Right. Yeah. Hidden somewhere behind. You know? Exactly. So, I mean, just literally a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. You were in a business consulting at that point. And- yeah. I was working for Ernst & Young and before that Accenture. So when did you come back and how did that occur? Yeah. So um, I've always stopped in. Sure. Yeah. During the 20 years I was living in, I moved to California in 1990 and, again, traveling from a home base in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd always stop back for Christmas or uh, uh, Thanksgiving or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And I'm um, close with my mother. Yeah. And uh, um, as she got older, still alive, still drove her car today. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean. That's great. Um, she's an incredible woman. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? California is really expensive. I'm getting towards the time that I want to, you know, slow down from 50, 60 hours a week to 20, 30 hours a week, something yeah. like that. Um, what a great place to go back and hang out in my hometown. Hmm. So bought a place for her and uh, 
just been in Easton since uh, right before the pandemic. Okay. It became almost permanent. Yeah. Before that, I was traveling back and forth to California, maybe 50% each way. Sure. Yeah. And then uh, just made sense. Felt like home again. Good. Yeah, it's changed a lot, too. Yeah. Wow, I was just changed. at the uh, the Commodore opening yesterday. Yeah. It was pretty impressive building. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Have you? I have. Yeah. yeah. I, actually, I was at the grand opening for the restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let, let's put a knock in for time. Time. Great yeah. place. <laughs> yeah. I've, I haven't been there for, to eat yet, and so I'm going to look for that. It's New York City or Paris in Easton. Wow. That's a compliment. That's great. What else is going on? Uh, let's talk about your hobbies. Got any? I do. I do. Um, love music. Yeah. And love film. Yeah. So. Uh, spent a fair amount of time listening and watching. Yeah, um, I was an athlete in college. I was a wrestler in high school. Yeah, as well. You have to be. How tall are you now? You're, you're about six, still about six four, maybe a little shrunk. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, um, Anytime I have to look up at somebody, it, 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 I feel like yeah, okay, you're a good size you, somebody of size here. Yeah. Um, so I love that sport. So I follow a little bit. I I still go down and see the. Uh, Delaware Valley University Aggies occasionally. Oh, do you? Yeah. Um, and uh, so from a sports perspective, really enjoy that. Yeah. Um, love to ride bike. Um, I haven't gotten out yet. Now we're in the middle of the winter, sure. so only yeah. indoor riding. But uh, uh, thoroughly enjoy that. You know, it's amazing. You Once you get in a little bit of shape, you get on a bike and, man, 10 miles went past or yeah. 15 miles or 20 miles. When you're outside, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah. So uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, probably for the last 15, 20 years, all the time I've been here and in California, riding bike is, you know, the, the season. so Everybody does. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, you got a virtually 11, month, 11, 11 and a half month season right. to ride bike other than yeah. the rain, yeah. um, which happens for a month, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. Amazing to never think about is the sun going to be out today? Hmm. The sun is always out. Yeah, I'm kind of feeling that way today. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I, I, we had like a week of gray. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else do you think? we Did we miss something in your um, life, your business? What would you like the audience to hear? Well. Or no? I, I think the things that drive me mm-hmm. are... We actually touched on it in our in our chat before we get started. Um, I've been fortunate. I, I got into a situation where I, I really struggled as a student. Mm-hmm. I mean, I when I say I graduated from Wilson High, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, if a C is here, I well, you can't see that. I was just yeah. above a C. I I made sure. I made the upper half of the. Uh, Class possible. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody has to do that. That's right. Know? That's right. But you said you were dyslexic. Yeah. It's severely and, dyslexic, and, and, actually. And, you know, back in those days, in our days, you know, nobody ever heard of it. Yeah. You know, so that learning challenge, people just thought you weren't getting it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Worse than that. In, in many cases, not uh, not to correct you at all. But, you know, they would have said stupid or slow. Yeah. Or had it been 10 years before our time? I would have been the kid in the corner with a dunce cap on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how sad is that to think, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. Now, the, the challenge with me was I would 
test almost off the scale in math and comprehension and those kinds of things, but I couldn't, I could barely read. Yeah. Yeah. So got out of high school, fortunate that I went to a small college environment where the, uh, teacher ratio was really low, like 10 or 12 kids per yeah. teacher. So got some really specific help and training. Got out of that, and all of a sudden, because some people that I met networking yeah. liked me, I got hired with a major computer company. Mm. And the world just opened up. Yeah, great. So that created a lot of money and, and those kinds of things. And it's interesting once you get past money. Oh, sure. Not that I'm yeah. a, a hugely wealthy man, but I didn't have to worry about, can right. I pay that bill or can I buy that Which is where a lot of people are. So that's, it yeah. is nice to get to the point where you are not concerned with, make, with paying the bills. Exactly right, right? Yeah. So then you get to think, well, what am I in business for? Yeah. And that's why you want to be in your own business. Mm-hmm. Because then the compromises go away. Right. So I worked in all that corporate life yeah. for over 20 years. And every week or every day was a compromise between what my company wanted and what was best for the customer I was serving. Sure. Yeah. And that always got to me a little bit. Oh, yeah. And now today I get to help people. I get, by informing them and getting rid of yeah. some of the fears and those kinds of things, mm -hmm. I get to so serve them with knowledge. Yeah, and the whole goal is to serve their family by reducing cost. And oh, by the way, the greatest thing at the end of the day is we get to change the world. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty for, cool. For me, it, it's really fun. I yeah. I, most people won't understand what I'm talking about, but. Over the course of the last 15 years, we've put enough solar up just in Pennsylvania to save hundreds of thousands of tons of CO2 pollution. Hmm. Wouldn't nice, think it. Yeah. And does that sound significant? Well, nobody knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that is, I mean, you know, the, that's an interesting problem is to go, is that good? Is that, I mean, how much is that? And, yeah. and uh, to make that real would be, you know, I, I was I do a lot of business book reading, and, and one of the things was is numbers don't mean a whole lot to a lot of people. That's right. And you have to have the stories, and what does this really mean, and, and you know, uh, metaphors that, that work yeah. to, to say this is like this. Yeah, and, maybe and, I can uh, give you a story. Well, yeah. You got a, got a story? okay? Yeah, yeah, give me a story. So last year, the Lehigh Valley had 83, I think, or 85 days of unhealthful air. Hmm. Wouldn't think about it, but it's an industrial valley. Right. Yeah. Highly polluted. Yeah. When I was a boy, the two rivers that meet right here, we can see the Lehigh and the Delaware, were highly polluted. Hmm. They aren't anymore. And that's because there was a law put into place, at least the beginning of it, was the law from the mid early 70s, which was the Clean Water Act. Right, yeah. And that changed open sewers and open pipes, mm -hmm. pouring chemicals and sewage into our rivers and lakes and streams, and that was virtually banned. Yeah, yeah. 
When I moved to California in 1990, I fly into California in a very smoggy day, which if anybody has ever flown back then into Los Angeles, it was like a brown layer of stuff over the city. Yeah. And at that time, they had over 100 days of extremely unhealthful Mm. air. Last year, I don't have the exact number, but it was one or two days, three days, something, a very low number. And that's because of things like solar and those things we, the motorheads from our day hated on the cars, catalytic converters and all those pollution controls. Right. Literally, that's what changed the air quality in Los Angeles. Yeah. If you ever see Los Angeles the day after it rains, you know why people move there. Yeah. yeah. It is extraordinary. Mm-hmm. But that's a story about what this stuff means. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, so, I, 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 it, it is, I mean, and to, for those people who have seen that brown over the city, you know, that, that uh, haze, that pollution, um, I mean, it becomes very real. You know, yeah. uh, you start to realize, I'm like, you know, in the day-to-day basis, you don't know. I mean, other than the wildfire we were dealing with, you know, Canada, yeah. uh, and the smog and the smoke you know, that came down from there. Uh, other than that, we don't notice on a day-to-day basis yeah. what the air quality is unless you get up a little higher to see. And then you can really start to notice things. I appreciate you so much adding that because that's exactly what it felt like Yeah. back in the 90s yeah. in Los Angeles. It's, uh, I mean, that was terrible. So, right? I mean, you know, it, it, you're in a, you're in a cool profession. This is, you know, it, it, the, you know, in business in general, most, most entre- entrepreneurs get into business for themselves. If they, if they're doing it for the right reason, they're doing it for some kind of service to others. Um, and, you know, not just in it for the money you know, mm-hmm. certainly everybody wants to make money and, and earn a living, but beyond that, there has to be more, you know, what's, yeah. you know, uh, the uh, reason we're doing our stuff. And uh, at the end of the day, it really has to be, you know, something I want to feel good about what I'm doing. I want to feel like I'm helping people and I'm helping the world and, and yeah. you know, all that stuff. And you're in, you're, you've got an industry where you're getting all that stuff. Yeah, you know? it's very cool. There's a, there's a great book that says service to others leads to greatness. Yeah. It doesn't say money leads to greatness. It doesn't right. say, you know, hard work leads to greatness. It's service. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the fun part about it. Any last words, Jeff? My mom teases me all the time about recycling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am an avid recycler. Yeah, okay. And I think it's because I lived in California for a long time. Far different there than it is here. Yeah. Just get informed. Right. What could I do to help? Mm-hmm. I notice litter today more than I ever did. Not because there's more of it, but because it's odd to see litter. Right. Like we did when we were oh, kids. Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly, I mean, it's certainly a huge problem still, but it, at the same time, it, you know, it is not as bad as, you know, having people just, everybody dropping everything on the ground. Yeah. I, you know. I mean, it was. Yeah. Every, out the car window, you know, yeah. whatever that might be, you know. And, uh, and, uh. Uh, a few hundred years before that, out the window. 
yeah. of your home oh, with right. sewage. Sure. Literally. Yeah. We've grown a lot. Yeah. I always say the world's gotten a lot better. Well, it, it, and certainly we've been doing better at some of the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a great book that says the, uh, the worse is going to get worse and the better is going to get better. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening. Great. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. It's been a blessing to be here. Yes. Thanks for listening to Hello Easton PA. This is Mark Nutting, hoping that you'll stop by again to find out more about your fellow Estonians. Have a great day. <laughs>